This is professional wrestling legend, downtown Bruno, who is privileged enough to be on the Oversell Podcast. It is episode 109, and we are looking back at Lance Russell and getting ready for WWE Hell in a Cell. This is the Oversell Podcast! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome uh, to the Oversell Podcast. My name is Derek. Uh, for right now, I'm going to be by myself. Later on, I'm going to be joined by Ryan Drosty from TopRopePress.com to uh, kind of preview WWE Hell in a Cell. But before we get there, uh, the wrestling world had a big loss this week. Um, Lance Russell, who was a longtime announcer commentator show host for all verse a lot of pretty much every iteration of memphis wrestling here whether it be uswa memphis championship wrestling uh continental wrestling association you know all those that any show that's running memphis that was on tv lance russell was the host and he passed away at the age of 91 this week lance russell uh to me when I look back on him, he he was just a guy trying to run a show, trying to keep everything in order and in line. And when he, and sometimes you just can't. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, I think he had a great voice, probably one of the better voices. Uh, he uh, and you have to forgive me; I'm not used to talking here by myself, and this is kind of a hard subject for me because growing up. Uh, Lance Russell fan, or growing up a Memphis wrestling fan, rather, and watching him every week, you know, you you, you make a connection with people like this. I think, it, it, I'm not going to say that he was probably the uh, best commentator available, because Jim Ross, you know, Bobby the Brain Heenan, Gorilla Monsoon, those guys were incredible commentators as well. What I will say is, Lance, there was no better host of a wrestling show than Lance Russell. We invited Lance Russell into our homes every week. And hearing him, uh, you know, you had Lawler when he was the big mouth talking guy. And Lance Russell was just that 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 uh, voice, that calming voice, that warm voice that was the antithesis of Jerry Lawler and his wise cracking ways. And those two had a great chemistry. You could see it every week with the way they, you know, they would go back and forth. Um, and it's just, it's really sad to know he's no longer with us. Uh, the last time I got to see Lance Russell was last year. Legends of Memphis Wrestling in Jonesboro, Arkansas. I got to have his autograph, I got to get his autograph and shake his hand. And it, it was such a nice gentleman, just so nice. And he had a smile on his face all night. Um, and... <laughs> Yeah, uh, last time we got to see him involved in anything in wrestling, Jerry Lawler brought him out um, during it, right before an episode of Raw. And uh, he just said, hello, boys and girls, in that you know distinctive Lance Russell um, voice that we all knew and loved we grew up with on Channel 5. If you're older than I am, which I'm not going to 
Uh, I'm 35. I'll, I don't have no problem telling my age, but I don't want to call you anyone out that may be. But, it, you know, Fox 13, he was doing these shows with uh, uh, Memphis Champion, Memphis Wrestling. Um, but getting to meet him at that Jonesboro show, getting to get his autograph and shake his hand, he's just so nice. And he, he was just so great to every person that came up to him. Um, I only got to meet him once, but I felt... Like I, I had a connection with him because I'd watched him on TV all those years. Uh, if you're a Memphis wrestling fan, you know it. You, I'm sure you, you, uh, you feel the same way. Um, some of the stuff I can, I'll remember going back, and you can look up this stuff on YouTube. It's, it's, lots of great stuff. But there was an angle, and I mentioned it on the show before, uh, with hot stuff Eddie Gilbert when he was tag team with Tommy Rich, and they won a a uh, tag team of the year award and it was presented to them but by the time the award was presented to them they had broken up as a tag team and gone their separate ways but they had to come together and get this award and it didn't go that well um eddie gilbert was out talking about it and whatever and tommy rich you know just talking bad about tommy rich tommy rich comes out and just proceeds to kick the shit out of Eddie Gilbert busts him open. He's bleeding. This is all on this is all on local television. So Eddie Gilbert gets back on the mic afterwards, and uh, he starts saying, trying to apologize. And they get Tommy Rich out there, apologize, and they seem to make up. Well, the camera's still on. Um, this camera is still on Lance Russell. And you see him turn away as those two guys are walking off. And when he turns back and looks at him, he just he has the look of just utter, I can't believe this is happening um, on his face. He throws his arms up in the air. And it's those kind of reactions he had during the show that added so much more to it. Like, he, he was just a guy trying to keep control, but he never could. Uh, another one would be, he got. To, I think he was in the... Uh, the uh, the studio when Lawler got hit by Eddie Gilbert. I mean, Eddie Gilbert was always involved in something big with Lance Russell and Jerry Lawler and all that. Um, but his reaction to that, Lawler getting hit by a car. I mean, he didn't. He wasn't one of those guys um, that just he could per- portray emotion without having to raise his voice. Um, he was the great, he was the best at if the face was getting bad. Hey, let's get some help out here, out here, and ring the bell, ring the bell, ring the bell. Uh, and he, you know, the way he opened up a show, he was just very inviting to watch this show. And he's going to be missed. He he's going to be. I know he hasn't been on television in a while, but he was on Facebook, he was on Twitter. Um, I think this weekend down at Jerry Lawler's barbecue. Uh, they're going to do some sort of special remembrance for him down there. So if you can go check it out, check it out uh, downtown on Beale Street at Jerry Lawler's world-famous uh, grill. Hall of Fame grill, excuse me. Um, and, yeah, I'm just really sad about this one. It's 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 very hard. Uh, when the news broke the other day, I cried. And I have no problem admitting that. I, and, I, I, and, I, I, and we all cry at certain things, certain happen, but... Yeah, I cried because this was a man every week felt like, you know, me and my father. I grew up watching Memphis wrestling with my father, and uh, 
that voice was always there welcoming us to the show. You know, he, he brought a certain warmth to uh, a wrestling show that you wouldn't get anywhere else. And it's, you know, him and Dave Brown, Corey Mack, and all those guys, they are another thing that made Memphis wrestling so great uh, was, was, the, was these guys in their commentating and their announcing. And uh, I'm going to miss you, Lance Russell. Like I said, I've only met you once. Got an autograph. I shook your hand in Jonesboro, Arkansas. I'm very appreciative that I even got to do that in my life. But rest in peace, Lance Russell. Uh, we miss you. Your fans love you. A lot of Memphis wrestlers I know are um, very upset over this. I've talked to Dustin Starr. Um, I'm, I'm with him because I know him and Maria really shooken up over this. That he was really good friends with Lance, and um, you know our prayers and our thoughts here at the Oversell Podcast go out to you, family and friends of Lance Russell in this very difficult time. Um, and Lance, we know you're in a lot better place, and you're looking down on us, and uh, you, you have a chance to call some great matches with some of the guys you're up there with. So. Godspeed to you, Lance Russell. Thank you so much for everything you've done for Memphis, for Memphis wrestling and everything. Um, at one more note I'm going to make, I find it very upsetting that Vince wouldn't, or, or that WWE didn't even make a mention to it on SmackDown. And it goes back to Lawler when he wanted to, when he was being inducted into the Hall of Fame, he uh, asked for Lance Russell to induct him. And... Somewhat certain people within the company thought, well, no one's going to know who that is. And you end up getting William Shatner, which was was beyond dumb. And I think to take that away from both Lawler, because it was his induction, he should be inducted by someone who wants to induct him. Um, and to take that moment for Lance to get a little exposure to people who may not know him. And that would increase people looking him up like, hey, this guy sounds interesting. He's got a great voice. I wonder what all he had to do in Memphis wrestling. And the same thing, if they would have mentioned something on SmackDown, uh, that would have been great because people then would have looked him up on YouTube. And, you know, I, I think there's just, I think it wasn't right for a man who was so influential in the territorial days of wrestling where, you know, wrestling really was in its heyday. That's when professional wrestling was at its best, in my opinion, was during the territories. Everyone was out trying to do the other, but you also... On top of that, you had certain territories working with each other, and that was the heyday of wrestling. You can say, Some people may say the Attitude Era or anything like that. I say it's territory wrestling days. But I just found it very upsetting that WWE couldn't at least make a mention to uh, Lance Russell in his passing. Um, but that's all I'm going to say about it. Uh, Lance, rest in peace. We miss you. We love you. From everyone here in Memphis and the Oversell Podcast, we are going to take a quick break when we come back. We will be talking to Ryan Drosty from TopRopePress.com, getting ready for WWE Hell in a Cell. This is the Oversell Podcast. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm going to give you a hint into the um, glamorous, glamorous world of podcasting. Uh, sometimes it sucks because technology just doesn't want to agree with you. And joining us now from TopRopePress.com. He is the main guy over there, Ryan Drosty. Ryan, thanks for being so patient as we try to get everything set up here. Hey, no problem. Damn glad to be back with you, Derek. Damn glad to be here. And it's been a long time. And before we get into Hell in a Cell, you know, I guess 
you guys don't get to podcast as much over there as you'd like to. And I'd want to get your thoughts. Big news here in the past couple of days is uh, looks like NXT is going to be bringing back war games. What do you think? Oh, man, I'm so pumped for this. I I was legitimately looking at flights to Houston earlier today just because of war games. Like nothing to do with Survivor Series whatsoever. But, man, I'm 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 not one to usually travel across the country for wrestling events, but I was considering it. I, I still am considering it, I should say. I'm I'm pretty pumped. That's like a once that this is seriously like a once in um probably how long has it been since WCW shut down? Twenty years? Love yeah, the last the last war games they did was ninety eight, Fall Brawl. Wow, so almost twenty years later and we're finally getting another war games match and it's gonna be and it's not even WWE that's doing it, it's NXT and I bet you when they broke that news, I mean, surely they didn't tell Vince they were going to do that before um, before they you know, decided they were going to do it because Vince would have shot that shit down like, oh, Survivor Series is that weekend. Are you trying <laughs> to put me tweet under? About that. I, I, that's ex- I guarantee you if they would have mentioned, hell no, you can't do that. Not Survivor Series weekend. Damn it, you're stealing my thunder. <laughs> you're going to beat another big four pay-per-view. Ugh. <laughs> Oh man, seriously! It yeah, I don't know how Survivor Series is going to compete. They're going to need some kind of big return. I see Cena's out of Survivor Series now. He was supposed to wrestle, but it looks like he's not not wrestling there. So, right. well, let's get to uh, the reason that I had Ryan come on. We couldn't get Mike tonight, um, but I wanted to talk to uh, have someone come on and talk um, a little bit of Hell in a Cell this weekend. Um, before we get there, I'm going to ask you one other question. Um, at Top Rope Press, I know you guys have been talking a lot about it, and I think it's the talk of the wrestling world, man. The attendance at these wrestling shows, SmackDown Live and Raw, you know, it's been down across the board, man. What are they? What? Are, why are the numbers the way they are, and what can they do to improve them? I feel pretty strongly that it's because they've priced themselves so high that they don't get anyone coming that's just like kind of interested. Mm-hmm. You know, they used to get, you know, fair weather fans, people curious about wrestling a little bit to show up. And they were they were just here in Iowa uh, like a month ago. And you could barely get a seat that was decent for like less than 60 bucks for a house show. Wow. And the, the best seats like with fees were about $110. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like if you think you're taking your your kid, maybe your wife's coming or you got two kids or you and the buddies go out or whatever, like you're spending hundreds of dollars. And I looked up um, they hadn't been here in a few years. And I looked up what the top price ticket was the last time they were here just a few years ago. And it was like sixty five dollars. And now it's one hundred and ten. Wow. And that's just <laughs> that's to get insane. you. That's just to get you in the door. And, then you know, if you got kids with you, they're going to want some some merch and. You know, if you're like me, I, I have to go and like. It, it, one thing I noticed uh, the last RAW I went to, they hiked the prices up in their T-shirts at live shows. They're now oh, like, yeah. yeah, they're like uh, thirty-five dollars now. Yeah, it's it's crazy, man. They they had house shows here. I know it was like a different era, um, but they have a dome here where I live, and then there's like a smaller basketball arena connected to it. And they used to run the dome. And they had two house shows there in the early 2000s that drew like 18,000 people, 17,000 people. Wow. And this house show now, like I'd be shocked if there was 2,000 people at it. They ran the smaller venue. Tickets were way pricier. It's like, 
Yeah, I don't know how how you get any of like the curiosity draw with with that. You're only getting the hardcore fans are going to spend that kind of money. So I think I think that is one of the biggest reasons. I think they understand that their audience is smaller now, so they're they're trying to make like comparable profits. So they've jacked up their prices because they know some of those people will come regardless, and you know they can make they can make off of two thousand fans what they'd make with four to five thousand before. So that's pr- that's probably some of it, but. I don't know, man. If if I'm making those decisions, I'm probably looking into it like price yourself down for a little while and, and see if your attendance numbers go up. But who who knows? It's It's been pretty bad, though, that's for sure. Well, when you see the section where the hard camera sits all night and you see literally no one around that thing, I mean, it's it's. I think that they've got a, somewhat of a problem on their hands and they need to get it corrected now. Now, how much is it? How much of it is the product they're putting on as well. I think that's some of it. They, they haven't made like, you know, even Cena's not, he is, he is a big star, but he's not like that transcendent star that they had with, you know, Austin and the rock. And mm-hmm. I obviously before that Hogan and Piper and Andre and stuff, they don't have, and Cena, you know, he barely works anymore. So when you take Cena out of the equation, like, the show I went to was headline was like Randy Orton, Nakamura yes. was there, you know, Jinder was there. But like who in the general public really knows any of those people? You know, they don't have like the household name mm-hmm. that they can that they can uh, build a house show tour around anymore, except for like the rare occurrences where uh, we're seeing a tours with them. So or if Brock Lesnar may show up for a house show or something. Yeah. Which we know there's going to be few and far yeah, between sure. there. So. <laughs> I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. I think it's it's it just I hate it for the wrestlers who come in like um, Kevin Owens and people like that who you know are going to bust their ass in and out of the ring for the match and you know they're not getting to do it in front of massive crowds like they should. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, let's go through um, Hell in a Cell. Looks like on the pre-show here we've got. World's greatest tag team. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, it's uh, Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin versus the Hype Brothers. Okay. Well, I hope uh, Benjamin and Gable go over here strongly because I, I have a feeling that um, I just feel like the Usos are going to get the titles back and they're going to transition to a new feud here pretty soon. And outside of the New Day, there's just not like – if the Usos get the titles, there's not any strong babyface contenders outside of the New Day. And they've been wrestling for, what, three months now? Mm-hmm. So it's the next, I guess it'd be Gable and Benjamin. So if if the Usos do win and they're, if they're transitioning, I, I got to think that's the next contenders. But. Could this maybe also be something that leads into some sort of falling out between hype bros? Yeah, they did tease that recently. I mean... God, they can't, they can't afford to lose any more tag teams on that on that show. But uh, sure, seems like that's the way they're going. Uh, I think Gable and Benjamin go over. What do you got? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Next match, uh, we'll go from the rest of this card. We're gonna go, we'll, I think, from the bottom up because I think that's how these matches should go. Randy Orton versus Rusev. I still cannot find a single fuck to give for Randy Orton. <laughs> Oh man, I, I feel like every podcast we've ever done together has been like half of it bashing Randy Orton. I think so, man. I, I, I just, you know, 
I, I, I'm still waiting for the. It's like you said, WWE has no big stars, but yet they keep Randy Orton out there, and I don't think he, he's much of a draw for them. No, they. I think they think he is. He's a draw. Or they think he's a star just because he's been around for God, however long, thirteen, fourteen years in mm-hmm. the company. But no, he's. <laughs> I, I don't think so either. So, I, I would prefer Rusev get the push here. Um, yeah, ah, man, this is kind of hard to pick a winner here. Actually, I think, I think Rusev deserves it because he lost so quickly to Orton. That oh. and. You know, it seems like he they had a good he had a good push going before he got moved to a new show and lost Lana. Yeah. So hopefully they can get a little bit more momentum behind him. I mean, he still got to he still has one of the what it will be to me one of the coolest WrestleMania entrances of all time when he came in on a <laughs> fucking tank. I was just thinking that you should just come out like that every week. Yeah, man. Just hey, we got a tank. Let's just, let's just buy a tank. Even just make like a, a crappy like replica tank, but where the outside looks Wait, legit. Or they can, know the difference. I, I I could see like them giving him like a cardboard box that he has to kind of walk out into it, like Flintstone style too. <laughs> can't uh, doesn't Vince like have an inside track to the U.S. government now? Like can can he give the Donald a call and be like, Don, baby, I need a I need an extra tank. I need I need Rusev. I need a tank in every city SmackDown Live is in. <laughs> Uh, oh god that is honestly that was like my header photo on twitter for a long time was rusev coming out on the tank that was tremendous so yeah i think i think rusev needs the win here start giving him a push and maybe start moving him into you know mid-card title feud yeah i agree i i, I go rusev here also all right bobby rude versus dolph ziggler what do you think of this character they have uh dolph ziggler doing right now absolutely terrible you think so so bad i i i wonder if this is like a rib on dolph a little bit because you know if you look at his career what's the big knock on him that he's been imitating Shawn michaels his whole career right Mm -hmm. now his whole gimmick is he's imitating people i don't know I, I could see where that's like kind of like an inside rip from the from the writers but i think it's it's terrible he comes out he whines every week blah 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 the crowd could care less i i think rude has to just dominate him in this match i know like you know, ziggler is a good wrestler and they could have a really really good match here uh, but i don't really want to see that i want to see rude just crush him you know i almost think i still would like to see ziggler how he would do outside of the wwe because he's pretty much He's he's just a product of nothing but WWE training, right? He's never mm-hmm. he never went through the Indies or Japan or anything like that. He the only thing he's known, kind of like Orton and uh, Lesnar and some of those other guys. The only thing he knows is WWE at this point. Yeah, he could he could definitely do what Cody's doing. I mean, he's he's a bigger star in WWE than Cody Rhodes ever was. And look at what Cody Rhodes is doing on the independent circuit. Now, I think part of that is because they also didn't let Cody, they, you know, Cody's doing what he was best at and they never would let him do that in the, in mm-hmm. the E. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think this, that there's a dark horse chance. This could be one of the better matches on the card just because of the talent that's in it. Um, you know, but clearly Bobby Roode's got to get the win here to keep some momentum going for his for yeah. push since he's come up. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm definitely going Bobby Roode. Should, it should be an easy one to predict, but we'll see. Yep. 
Uh, AJ Styles versus Baron Corbin for the WWE United States Championship. Oh, where where do we start? <laughs> I have been so disappointed with the AJ Styles U.S. title. Uh, lack of the open challenge ever happening since like week one after he won it. It's just been like, so I hear that the reason he's not wrestling on TV is they've been saving him for dark matches to get people to stick around for 205 Live, <laughs> <laughs> which I, I guess kind of makes sense. But like the show has dipped so much. You know, SmackDown used to be the best show, and I, I don't feel like it has been lately. And you got your maybe your best performer, him or Nakamura, like never on the show anymore, or he's doing guest commentary or coming on Titan Tron. I, I've been super disappointed. You know, I thought Ty Dillinger as the first U.S. title, you know, surprise challenger. That was that was pretty cool. Yep. And then that's like the last time they've done a surprise. Every other time it was like, oh, we're gonna have the open challenge, and you're going to be the challenger. Yeah, that's not Isn't the point of the open challenge to have it be a surprise. Right. <laughs> it's the open challenge. Anyone can come out and challenge. You're not making matches that's that's funny that's funny yeah so uh, where where are you at with baron corbin right now i was i've been a big baron corbin critic for a long time but i i think like a few months ago i'm trying to remember guy because we haven't done our podcast in so long but uh uh i don't know four or five months ago i was actually like really starting to jump on the Baron Corbin train and thinking right like right before it looked like he was starting to be punished like he was starting to lose all the time Mm -hmm. I was starting to buy him as a as a good heel challenger and possible main eventer on Smackdown but uh I don't know this this feud just hasn't really done a lot for me personally it's just like this you could sum up Smackdown live with what they've done with both these guys you know, the both of them, when they came on, when Baron came up to the main roster, I feel like he had a rocket up his ass and was going to, uh, you know, kind of at the time overachieve. And he, I don't think he's achieved what he is, uh, has the potential for. Um, and then you got AJ Styles on the other hand. Uh, like you said, you know, this guy should be your guy on your show. You know, pro- he has more talent than anyone probably that whole smackdown live roster with the exception of nakamura he has more talent than all of them put together and the fact that he's in this little mid-card program with baron corbin and not at the top of the card where he should be you know taking on um what's the champion's name the modern day maharaja of jinder mahal you know yeah yeah the fact that he's not up there i think i think states a lot for what's going on with smackdown live and you know like that could go back into um that's why people are not into uh going to the live event or going to smackdown live or you know raw anymore because they're not guaranteed to see the stars they want to see yeah the the show i went to aj got the biggest pop just like a month ago, by far over over Randy Orton, probably to their surprise. <laughs> oh, Randy Orton didn't get <laughs> cheers. <laughs> uh, I was booing the snot out of Randy Orton that night, and it was actually like incredibly fun. Yeah. <laughs> it was one of the funnest times I've had at a wrestling show because so many people were staring at me because they're like, "Oh, you know," they're all thinking this is a guy that needs to be cheered. He wrestled gender, and I was starting like the "Let's Go Gender" chants and stuff, and. Me and a few of my buddies were at the show, and we ha- we had some fun with Randy Orton. We were sitting pretty close, so I don't know if he saw us or not. But who you got for the match? 
Um, I think I'll go with AJ. I think AJ's here. We're we're green a little too much. I almost took Baron just to be different, but I'm I can't go against AJ. Uh, next up, we've got for the WWE SmackDown Live Women's Championship, Natalia versus Charlotte Flair. Uh, one thing I love is Natalia's finally getting some uh, airtime as a major player in wrestling. This is to me, this is almost I'd say five to six years too late uh, because yeah. what she was, she's was easily at the time your most talented woman on your roster, but she was stuck in purgatory with a dumb farting gimmick at one point. I mean, come on, what the hell? Um, <laughs> these two tore it up uh, back when Charlotte was in NXT. I see no reason why they still can't do it. I'm actually, I think this is a match I'm actually pretty excited for on the card. How about you? Yeah, I think this could be a really good match. I was actually really excited when um, Natty won the when when she actually won the title because I didn't think it would happen. And yeah, like you said, she's she's deserved way more for a long time. You know, the most technically sound female wrestler on the roster, easily in my opinion. She makes the. I mean, there's other people who do flashier stuff, but I think she makes the uh, least amount of mistakes. I think you can always rely on her to have a, a pretty good match. Yep. And then you got on the other side, Charlotte Flair. We know she's going to bring it to um, her first match. Is this her first match since um, everything went down with her dad? Um, I think she's she's wrestled on SmackDown, hasn't she? Has she? Ha- has she? I, Maybe a couple. I think. Quick, I, probably I don't a couple know. quick matches. Check. I I kind of skimmed through SmackDown these days because it's just there's so much wrestling to watch and not a lot of time to watch it end. And then you know. Because there's yeah. other things I want to watch too. I'm so behind on NXT right now, even though like two of my favorite wrestlers in the world now are on NXT, and I'm still falling behind on it. Go Kyle O'Reilly. Anyway, um, <laughs> for the match, I have Natalia keeping the belt. All right, I'm going to disagree with you for the first time. Sweet. <laughs> and my rationale is because of uh, what might happen in the future here. So. Uh, if they're actually looking at doing like the four horse women thing at survivor series, I think there's a, a fairly good shot that they want the belt on Charlotte. Now she could get it closer to, I mean, we're still a month and a half away, yep. but um, I'm going to go with Charlotte just because everything that's happened with her family, kind of like a reward and getting the belt on her to possibly get ready for the uh, feud with the MMA girls. We'll see. Okay. Okay. I mean, I like the sound strategy. I like that sound thinking, but you know, I think Natalia um is going to could be the heel in this one and somehow cheat to leave with the title. Get disqualified yeah. or something like that. She's going to leave as champion, I think. Yeah, I think that's a, I think it's a pretty hard match to predict, but yeah. I think it will be solid. Uh and the next up you've got The New Day, Big E and Kofi Kingston with Xavier Woods taking on the Usos in a Hell in a Cell match. For the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championship. First off, I love what they're doing with the Usos now. Once again, I think this is a turn that was probably two years too late, but they finally did it for them. This this hardcore, I I can't even think of the best word to describe what they're doing with the Usos now. I think they kick a lot of ass. And then you got New Day on the other side, who it sometimes can be entertaining when they're not being extremely annoying. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, not, not only do the Usos kick a lot of ass with this gimmick, but they are unbelievable on the microphone. Yeah, yeah. Great heels on the mic. Yeah, you know, you give a Simone a microphone and just say, tell them, hey, say what you feel, and it it turns into magic. Yeah, I I always thought they were decent in the ring, but, like, I never, you know, there was a time with the whole, like, neon face paint gimmick where they were kind of popular, and I, I never really bought into that. I always thought it was kind of lame, but, uh, yeah, they have far far exceeded my expectations with uh with this current uh gimmick that they have and i i I think like i said earlier on the show i I think they're gonna win the belts and uh maybe transition to something new they've had a great series of matches they had that match on smackdown that was really good uh SummerSlam, like i think they started at battleground when they wrestled so they've been wrestling or feuding since july so i think I think they're probably ready to transition to something fresh, but we'll see. I, I won't. I know we won't be disappointed in the match. And you think about the old days of wrestling, the way a feud was always blown off was like a cage match at the end. And <laughs> they're wrestling in the hell in a cell. So it makes sense. Like if this is the uh, if this is the end of the feud for now, this is the perfect way to do it. I think I can agree with that. I, I agree. I'm I'm, I'm going to take the Usos to win. OK, we are, we are kind of brothers from another mother we always agree <laughs> except for you're a bucks fan which is a better place to be than myself right now well it's all right chicago hey, bears it's all right mike glennon <laughs> hey he's gone finally <laughs> benched he texted me right away when you heard about that you knew i'd be happy <laughs> he is so bad i can't even stand to see him wearing a bears uniform he's so goofy oh so thanks for uh Passing him off to us. Oh, not Appreciate a problem that. at all. We were happy to get rid of him. Um, <laughs> next match, we've got the modern day Maharaja taking on uh, this. Uh, let's see, Jinder. Fuck, what's wrong with me? Jinder Mahal take with the Singh brothers taking on Shinsuke Nakamura in a singles match for the WWE Championship. I don't like the position they have Nakamura in right now. No, me either. I, if if it were me, I know you want to save AJ and and Nakamura for a big card, which you know I, I say that, and then they do freaking John Cena and Roman Reigns at No Mercy, which that could have been a big four pay per view match. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I don't like. It. I mean, what do you do with Nakamura? I mean, obviously, I think Jinder Mahal is going to win this match because they have a tour of India coming up. And if they want those sh- uh, shows sold out, you're going to have Jinder Mahal walk in, um, walk in with the championship. Yeah, I think the the other thing you could do if they really want to do a title switch is then flip the title back on the tour and make those shows special. But I don't know. I feel like they've kind of backed themselves into a corner here because Nakamura is just he's not as big of a deal. Booking hasn't been great. Like you said, not a fan of where he's at. Um, I liked the Jinder Mahal title run early because it was something fresh, a new guy. Mm-hmm. But, man, it's it's time to make a switch. I, I know I, I know they probably don't want to have Nakamura win the belt at a, a B show for the first time. But it's om- I almost feel like they have no choice because <laughs> the TV is lacking. Mm-hmm. There's nothing happening in, in the title picture. So if if I'm booking this, I'm I'm putting the bell on Nakamura right now. And 
Another thing that makes me say that is uh, because the rumor is Cena has been pulled from Survivor Series. I know there was talk about him wrestling possibly Bray Wyatt at Survivor Series, but there's also been a rumor that Cena was going to be the guy to take the belt from Jinder Mahal. Well, if he's out of the picture, there's no reason other than those India shows to really keep the belt yeah, on Jinder right now. That makes sense. So I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll see, but... Uh, I guess if I if I was betting my own bank account right here, I'd probably go with gender. But uh, my heart says you got to make a switch because I'm watching this TV every week and I'd like to see something fresh. Yeah, uh, I I just can't get away. I just can't think they wouldn't have they wouldn't be promoting those shows in India without saying WWE champion Jinder Mahal will be you know because. They want to sell out as many of those shows as possible, and if he's champion, it'll be easier that way. I'm going to take Jinder to win the match. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. When it comes down to it, I probably have to take Jinder, but I just I feel like there's a solid there's a solid argument for Nakamura to you know have the surprise victory here and and do something new. Yep. Okay. Uh, that leaves us with the main event of the night, which I guess will be the main event. You'd think the title will go on last, but. Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens in a Falls Count Anywhere Hell in a Cell match. Does it really matter if Falls Count Anywhere in a Hell in a Cell match? <laughs> I didn't. So my first thought when I heard that is clearly what's going to happen is Shane's taking a, a bump off the top and getting pinned on the outside. And that that's the entire reason they added that stipulation. Yep. We because, all know that's coming. Yeah. Like otherwise, what's the point? And then I also thought that that was weird because like isn't with a hell in a cell match, some of the intrigue is like, Oh, will they break through and get to the outside? So they're basically giving away. They are. Yep. If you're yep. adding that stipulation. Yep. So I thought that was kind of a bizarre twist this week on SmackDown. But, uh, yeah, I think, I think they'll do something good just because Owens is just on a whole different level right now. He I is agree. amazing. Um, he's going to win. You would think, God, I hope he's going to win. And I know there's been some rumors that he could be heading to raw back to raw, but I mean, honestly, think about it. If they actually did flip the title to Nakamura, they could put him right in a feud with Nakamura. Oh, that'd be awesome. I'd like that. Yeah. I'd like that a lot. Um, you know what, what? Kevin Owens is the best thing going today on SmackDown easily. You watch the show because of him. Now the, the uh, independent wrestlers that don't like him because he's just a fat guy in a t-shirt will use that as an example of as to why attendance is down. But I think it goes far beyond Kevin Owens being on the show, being the best thing on the show. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm actually, I'm kind of intrigued and excited for this match just mainly because we know we're going to see Shane jump off something and do something crazy, you know, um, who knows? Maybe we'll see some McMahons come out there during the match uh, to try to help either help Shane or convince Shane to quit or something like that. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's good. It's good. You know, it's going to be physical. It's going to be violent, especially. I love that attack that they had Kevin Owens put on Vince. I thought and if I knew both of us, we know how crazy Vince is. I bet you he had to pep up Kevin Owens. Headbutt me, damn it. You get out there, don't lay off on it. You headbutt me, you son of a bitch. And if it's not if, if it's not if it's not what I want, you're fired. 
Man, he is insane. I mean, think look what just happened with the headbutt in New Japan. Yeah. Over the summer. Like, what's this guy? How old is Vince McMahon? He's like 70 some. Like, I don't know what he's thinking, but yeah, that was insane. I, I would have been very uncomfortable if I was Owens doing that to him. Because he, I mean, he did connect. Yeah. So I, I guarantee you, Vince afterwards, when they got he got backstage, like, now that's a headbutt. <laughs> and Kevin Owens is just like this. You fucking can totally dude. see that like blood coming down his forehead. And, and I, and my Kevin, God, pal, is a great headbutt. Like, hey, pal, next time you could do it even harder. And Kevin, <laughs> I can imagine Kevin Owens just like this old man is fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Jeez. Uh, so yeah. Uh, as for the match, I think Kevin Owens is going to be your winner. The big yeah. bump will cost Shane. Just like, oh yeah, we've already seen this the, with the Undertaker. Yeah, I I really hope he doesn't do something stupid, though. Like, you know, Shane, he's getting older now. This is not WrestleMania. You don't need to go out of your way to just be completely nuts. Like, let's not let's not get injured here. So, yeah, I think I think Shane's going to lose. Um, if Kevin lost to him, that would be unless they made it seem really hokey or like a big fluke. It'd be terrible to have Kevin Owens take a loss here. So he, he's got to win and yep. hopefully go on to bigger and better things. So, um, yeah, I was going to ask you, I was thinking as you're talking about him, have you, have you seen that documentary on Owens they put out? Not yet. I need to watch it. I hear it's, it's really I good. Hear it's really good. Of course, you know, then the independent wrestlers will say, oh, he's just a fat guy in a t-shirt. <laughs> I hate that argument. I just, yeah. I really do. And I have friends that are independent wrestlers and I love them to death, but your arguments for Kevin Owens are just bad. Man, he wasn't always fat. <laughs> I mean, you see some of the some of the clips of him like early in his career, and he's relatively thin back then. And still doing the same stuff he does now. Like he does it now as a big guy, and it's even more impressive almost. But right. yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good. Like when you when you watch it, and they you talk about a lot of the stuff that him and Sammy got into uh, recently about how you know Sammy Zayn like signed his contract in front of him. Yeah, and when they get into it on the DVD, it's like. I can't believe Sami Zayn actually would have thought that's a good idea. Like, if my buddy did that, I would be so pissed off. Like, knowing that you both want to make a WWE, and Sami talks in the DVD about like, oh, you know, I, I think I made him mad, but I was I was trying to have us just kind of share in the moment that you know one of us got to WWE and I wanted him to like see me sign the contract. And it's like, dude, holy shit, you didn't think that was gonna piss him off? That would be that would be like what like. Uh, I'll say like Justin Joint signing a contract to go work with Ryan Satin right in front of you, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously, like come on, why why would you do that? Or like Kyle Russ from the Top Rope Nation podcast. Hey, Ryan, uh I, I got signed to do some announcing for WWE and uh here, I, I wanted to Skype you so you could see me sign the contract. Aren't you happy for me, buddy? <laughs> Have you seen like come on? Speaking of signing contracts, have you seen? Uh, do you know you do you know who All Ego Ethan Page is? Don't you? Yeah, yeah. He has been like making jokes, cracking. You know, he um he recently he's no longer working with Evolve Wrestling, which was you know that's where he was doing the majority of his work. Um, and he's been making troll after troll about which contract he's going to sign. He's had Impact contracts in front of him and two hundred five Live contracts and. Uh, all sorts of crazy stuff going on. And it's just hilarious because he's really just trolling the hell out of people because he's that kind of guy. 
That's awesome. So, well, that's it for No Mercy. As we like to do every week, we like to do Superstar of the Week. So, Ryan, I'm going to ask you, who is your Superstar of the Week? Uh, it's pretty hard to go against Kevin Owens these days. Um, it was it wasn't the best segment they've had on SmackDown, but I did enjoy the uh, the brawl on the concourse and uh, the big power bomb through the merchandise table. So I got to go with Kevin Owens. I can't go with anyone else, at least in WWE right now. Uh, my superstar of the week. Uh, I'm going to go with Lance Russell and the Lance Russell family. That's a good one too. Yeah, man, that was that was rough for me that day. Um, Ryan, I'll give you a little history lesson, um, and I've I've talked about this at the beginning of the show. Um, Lance Russell to me was um, kind of like an uncle because I saw him on TV every week, and he just had that presence on television. Of he was just trying to keep control of the action. He's like that one good family member at a giant picnic that's trying to keep everyone nice and calm and happy and i don't know that'll always be lance russell to me and uh yeah when he passed away this week the age of 91 i cried i cried and i have no problem saying that yeah he's a all-time legend i i didn't get to see as much memphis wrestling as you did obviously but I, i've seen a lot of the uh the documentaries on on the uh, prime of memphis wrestling and memphis heat and all that and have you watched memphis heat i have what'd you think of it I thought it was it was pretty good. My my buddy actually gave me a, a copy. He does uh he does like film reviews and someone sent it to him actually. He's not even much of a wrestling fan, but he got a free copy so he gave it to me and I actually should watch it again cuz it's been quite a while since I've watched it, but I I know I enjoyed it when I saw it. You know, go back and watch it and I want you to think of this now. Uh when you watch it again, Jackie Fargo is no longer with us. Sputnik Monroe is no longer with us. Big Jack Eaton is no longer with us. Uh, Lance Russell is no longer with us. Uh, and when you watch that, uh, I think Billy Wicks, uh, I think I don't think he's with us any longer either. And that you know that was the majority of the guys in that on that in that movie. And go back and watch it, and I, I get depressed now when I see it, even though I still love it. But just something something to think about, man. You know. Yeah, I might, I might break it out this weekend. Very cool. Check it out again. Well, folks, that is going to be it for this week. The easiest way to get to this podcast is to download on iTunes. And while you're there, subscribe and leave a five-star review. Ryan, where are you guys doing all that great work for your wrestling website? So I uh, still own in TopRopePress.com. You can find uh, all your show reviews there, daily news updates. We've got the Top Rope Nation podcast, which hasn't been put out since August, but maybe I can get my co-host to come around and put on another show again. I'm also doing some freelance writing these days over at PopCulture.com, so you can check me out there. Actually, I've been covering SmackDown for PopCulture.com, so my, my knowledge of SmackDown is better than usual because I have been watching it every week now for for a while. So check me out on there. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Historical Ryan. And that's where you can get a hold of me. All right, folks. Well, you've been listening to the Oversell Podcast.